You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul reminds us that the best audience for the book of Exodus is made up of children because they appreciate and are able to follow a good story. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. And we have an interesting word, which is lahat, without going much into detail, but it happens to be the same word that is translation as the flame of the blade in Genesis chapter 3 with the Kerub. And here you have it mentioned as a blade did the same by this, by their secret arts. So you see how the author, if you're hearing the original, is bringing together things in your mind through the words, not through the footnotes, as the so-called scholars imagine, that it's your footnote that really explains to you what is in the major text. No! The footnotes are irrelevant. How many people read the footnotes? But then you see this tension between the power of God and the power of Pharaoh and his helpers. The same way as God uses Moses and Aaron as his helpers. They did the same in verse 12 and the rods became taninim. So the author is setting you up to ask yourself, so what is the big deal? But the second part of verse 12 is, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. You have a tanin, which is more powerful than the other taninim. It's a very interesting story. I mean, I think the book of Exodus, people say, why it's too much and so on. And uh, no, no, read it to the children. Trust me, they will get so excited because they have a real story there. Not fanciful terminology as uh, the Orthodox like uh, to read their children the prologue of St. John. They can't understand the prologue of St. John. But the book of Exodus is very simple. Still, verse 13, Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And here the author uses the other verb, hazak, which is the root for the name of Ezekiel. To make it hard. And he would not listen to them. Okay. This is the hardness of heart. It's interesting that the book of Ezekiel, whose name has to do with hardening, precisely refers to the buildings of stone 
and the hearts of stone. And then the Spirit and the New Covenant bring in the hearts of flesh, not spiritual hearts. There are no spiritual hearts. This is a fallacy of theology, especially orthodox theology. It is the hearts of flesh that submit in obedience to the Spirit. Otherwise, you can't understand this silly terminology of the Bible, I shall circumcise the foreskin of your hearts. How is that possible? Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. There you go. You see, if you're patient, the text itself leads you to that. You remember my trick as I tell my students. People are impressed when I explain to them a verse and then the following verse proves me right. Oh, wow, Father Paul, Father Paul read the following verse and then explained the previous verse to you. He's fooling you. Meaning that you don't need Father Paul if you know Hebrew and you listen to Scripture. Two conditions. You have to know Hebrew and listen, not read Scripture. And here the author introduces, interestingly, and for me always, intentionally, that third word or verb that is translated as harden, which is from kibed, kabad, which means heavy also, as I mentioned several times. The liver in Arabic is referred to as kapid because it is the heaviest organ in the mammal body. But what is important, which is untranslatable, is that it is that same verb that means to glorify. So how are you going to translate that? It's impossible. And this is what led me after so many years to say it's not the same thing uh, the greatness of God and his arrogance because he is the only one who looks cute in his arrogance. It befits him. It suits him. But when you speak about the arrogance, which is the same word, you see how translations go the theological way. When it comes to God, you say his glory and his majesty. When you're speaking about the waves and the human beings, you say their arrogance. You can't do that because you're not listening to the original. The same thing does not have the same function when it applies to God and to the human beings. And many a time I repeat it, and let's hear it one more time, the same also to, applies to love. Love does not have the same meaning if it emanates from a junior compared to 
the situation when it emanates from a senior. The senior loves the junior, meaning cares for the junior and takes care of the junior. When you say the junior loves the senior, means obeys the senior, and you have it very early in the law. You have to love God with all your heart and with all yourself. In other words, you have to obey him. So please, for heaven's sake, stop saying God loves me and I love him. I mean, wise parents do not accept these statements from their children. Even in 2022, North America, let alone the Bible. And in verse 15, we have this confirmation that the Tanin and the Nahash function in the same way here. But in English, you hear in both cases serpent. At the end of 15, we have Nahash, and yet the English has serpent, so you make your own story. Can you imagine you have to make a movie in Hollywood? Except today, I love modern movies because they can combine both. They can have the same Nahash become suddenly a Tanin, and then in the... So, Hollywood is, in a way, a intro to scripture. If you see it with my eyes, if you see it with your eyes, it's a reflection of your own narrative. And you shall say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews. We spoke enough about that, but notice here how it becomes important and functional. Because these people that were referred to as Hebrews, chapter after chapter at the end of Genesis, now we see the functionality of that because they are going to pass through the Sinai wilderness. One more time and hear it. I want you to hear it in every other podcast of mine. That it's a horror, fallacious horror to differentiate as the Jews do, because they are Masoretes. They say whatever they want to say. And I keep telling the people, the Masoretic text is no reference. It appeared in the 7th century. Before that, you had a consonantal text where Hebrew and passerby have exactly the same consonants. And what can you do? Ibrim and Oberim. I know that the Hebrew differentiates by when it nominalizes it, it makes it Ibri, not Ober. But those who know Hebrew know that the long E at the end is one vowel. We call it the Hirek Gadol. So technically, you have three letters. That's the way you have 
to hear it. So Lord, it is the God of the Hebrews. He sent me to you. Notice that he sent is the call form of Shalah. Whereas earlier with Pharaoh, we hear Shileah, which is the Pi'al whose connotation is to let go, to send out. But once more, when you're hearing the Hebrew, you hearing the link and the parallel connotation. Let me add, I know, to the frustration of my hearers, but so long as I see Richard nodding to me, then I don't care about the rest of my audience. Because the famous doubling that we call Dagesh is not part of the original consonantal text. Like if you read today's Arabic newspapers and Israeli newspapers, you don't have these additions. You have to figure out yourself through your reading. And that is something extremely difficult with all the people who are the children of the Greek language that committed this horror to equalize between vowels and consonants. And then they get frustrated when they start asking this Palestinian, how is it, Father Paul, that break becomes broken? Well, ask your forebears. I know the answer, but I'm not going to answer you. Because you're going to say behind my back, you know, here again he introduces his Hebrew and his Arabic. But what do you want me to do? The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.